Scott. Yes, Adam. Do you make New Year's resolutions? Never. Why? Because I won't keep them. Do you? No. Are you lying? Yes. Coming to you almost live from the Polar Bear Exhibit at the Calgary Zoo, this is The Unknown Studio. I'm Scott. I'm Adam. And we are your frigid hosts. Uh, and it's great to be here welcoming you back to, uh, or, or welcoming you to a brand new year. 2013. Yes. Who would have expected we'd have made it this far? Not the Mayans, that's for sure. No, those those douchebags predicted the end of the world on the 21st. And it never happened. Probably someone was writing up a calendar and then someone asked them to go for a drink. And they forgot to finish their work. That is possible. It's happened to all of us. Fun fact. Nostradamus said the world would end in 1999. And it did. It's true. And we're on... <laughs> I mean, two. Everybody's life pretty much ended in 1999. But the nice thing about this new Earth is that it also includes a young lady by the name, name of Cadence. And now I'm not going to be able to pronounce your last name. That's okay. It's Cadence Conopaki. Conopaki. Yes. Any relation to, I think his name is Arlen? That's my brother. Right on. Yeah, that's him. So a family of potential performers. Yeah, I'm not a performer. I'm behind the scenes type arts girl, but uh, my brother and, and my sister as well, who lives out in Vancouver, are both uh, performers. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, what did you do over Christmas? Well, my family all came in, actually. My brother actually wow. lives out in uh, New York now, doing uh, some stuff at NYU, becoming a fancy film director. Cool. And my sister, like I said, lives in Vancouver with my parents. So they all came here, and uh, we had a big... Uh, family get together of chaos and you know chaos and whatever normally happens with family love and <laughs> chaos I guess is what happens love yes in quotation marks yeah. I think at least that's my experience um, well it's great to have you on the show thank you for having me um, we're excited to chat with you about an event that takes place every year mm -hmm. for the last six, six years yeah well right. this will be the sixth year yeah exactly right on and it happens on Alberta Avenue that's right yeah down in the heart of Alberta Avenue which is kind of an emerging street mm -hmm. for, um, tr you know, transitioning from something that was more run down to something that is extremely vibrant. Yeah, if you haven't been down to 118th Ave in a while or Alberta Ave in a while, you got to go check it out. It's, it's really changed in the past five years. The neighborhood there uh, and the neighbors have really put a lot of time and energy and love and dedication and passion into the neighborhood. And it's a completely different place now. It's really vibrant, a great community with a lot of young professionals and young artists and uh, just a real sense of community in that area. Yeah, it's becoming kind of a new art center mm -hmm. in yeah. the city, yeah. I find. Yeah. And so um, how did you become involved doing things on Alberta Avenue? <laughs> um, well, uh, I have worked in the arts for a while. Uh, that's what I do. And um, I'd heard, I'd, I'd crossed paths with Christy Morin, who's the artistic director and general manager down for Arts on the Ave, uh, five or six years ago, just through in passing. And then uh, my keeping my nose to the ground or ear to the ground or whatever the, the phrase is, I'd heard <laughs> that they were looking for somebody to help um, work on the Deep Freeze Festival just because it's uh, expanded so much. And uh, so I got in touch with Christy and we, we talked a bit and we thought, let's work together, <laughs> or right she on. decided she wanted to work with me, I guess. <laughs> and at that point, did you have a specific 
project in mind? Did the two of you have a specific project in mind? Well, she was specifically looking for someone to work with her on the Deep Freeze Festival. Um, they also have the Kaleido uh, Family Arts Festival, which happens in September, right. uh, which is, I think it's on its seventh or eighth year now. Um, and both of these festivals have just grown so much that Christy can't, she started doing it, you know, all on her own, basically, and has grown it to this capacity where she's just increasing manpower and human resources, basically, and new ideas and new people and that sort of thing. So she was looking for some, another uh, a collaborator, I'd like to call myself with her. So, um, Ooh, yeah, she decided that's to be lay collaborateur. That could be <laughs> yes, it could be ominous, but it's not. <laughs> it's not. No, we have a great working relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so give us a give us a quick sort of. Um, rundown on what Deep Freeze is all about. Right, so deep, the full name is Deep Freeze, a Byzantine Winter Festival. So basically what it is, is it's a celebration of, I like to think of it as a celebration of Canada and winter. Um, it's, I think it's a great uh, like little microcosm of, of Canada over, over a weekend period because uh, what we do is we celebrate winter and I mean we live in Canada. I know people complain about winter but it's like just get over you it. You know exactly yeah, where you, you are. You know where you yeah. are. You know what's going to happen. It happens every year. Put on an extra layer, go out and enjoy it. So uh, we have tons of outdoor things. Um, and then there's, uh, we also have, uh, when they started it six years ago, basically the people who were sitting down to start it were of uh, a Ukrainian and a Francophone background. Ah. So it also has on the Saturday, we have a, a lot of Francophone culture and heritage and language and food. And then on, on the Sunday, we do it all over again, but with the Ukrainian flair to it. Um, we've also uh, have Aboriginal uh, components to it. We have, uh, like I said, lots of hockey, of course. Again, being it wouldn't very, be a winter festival. Exactly. Right? But we're the only winter festival that has hockey, actually. Weird. So I know, but surprising, isn't it? Well, and I would say after six years, you're probably the only long term viable winter festival. The city's tried a lot of different stuff, and, and, uh, and it's great to see that this is stuck. Yes, it's great. I mean, we have such a great support in the community. Um, the 118th of, you know, neighbors, like I said, really get behind the, the, the festival. But again, because it's happened for six years now, we've really grown. Like last year, we had 20, uh, over 20,000 um, people come out to the festival um, and partake in all these good, fun activities. Um, so it's really grown and become part of the city, I'd like to think. It's grown outside of the neighborhood and into a, a city festival. And now, so tell me about the kinds of people that you see at these things. I would expect... Uh, young families, mm -hmm. but I don't think it ends there. No, absolutely not. So definitely it's very family friendly. The great thing about um, the festival is it's actually completely free. So mm. we graciously and kindly and happily accept donations, but other than that, it's free. So it's a great thing to do right after the holidays and you're, you know, purse strings are a bit tight. So we see a lot of families, uh, very family friendly, but we also have great things. Um, like last year, we had a group of um, students who were over, uh, I think at the, at the U of A from Australia. And so they came out um, to participate and we have photos of them. One of the things we have each year is called our deep freezer races, cool run-ins, deep freezer races. So we literally have deep freezers out on skis <laughs> that people race on a race course. Um, so they came out and last year it was unseasonably warm. So they, but it was still winter, but they were out in their uh, shorts and uh, flip-flops, you know, being real Australians <laughs> running these deep freezers down a, down a, a race. So you see, you know, the, the, young, the young hipster guys, and you see the, we have this great photo that I love so much is this gentleman, he's, I don't know, I guess in his late 80s, early 90s, and he's curling, you know, we have a little curling rink set up. So we have, you know, the seniors come out and young people as well, and so it's, and you know, we have things like log cutting carving, log cutting competitions and things like that. So it really, people can find, you know, something that suits anyone. And again, we can have the athletes come out, and then we got the theater stuff happening, so you get the, the arts community out as well. So. That's amazing. Nice mm -hmm. mix of 
Edmonton's cultures, really. Exactly. And that's why I love to think about it as, you know, really good microcosm of Edmonton, because you really do see so many different people come out and enjoying different aspects um, of what Edmonton has and the culture and arts and food and, and whatnot. Oh God, there's food? <laughs> there is food. We are, we are, I think we're kind of special. We make just about all of our own food. How? So, okay, wait a minute. Hang on. That's a lot of food for 20,000 people. It is. Uh, currently, right now, people are working away. You know, they work in advance of the festival for long hours, long days. We have, um, we work with the French community to get people who know, you know, traditional French uh, recipes for torts and poutine and sugar pies and oh my God. all these sorts of things and then we go with the Ukrainian community to get them to help us out with things like you know borscht and cabbage rolls and uh, pierogies all, the, all those wonderful things Out, outside we have um, somebody a uh, guy from Quebec come in and do I think he's originally from Quebec lives here now and do the traditional maple t- uh, cabana soup which is maple taffy on the snow why have I never been to this thing before I <laughs> know people come. who I do I do I absolutely do I know people it. who go every year and mm. and uh, I think I think you've just sold me. Yeah, I mean, again, if if, if hockey and arts don't get you, food, calm down for the food. <laughs> oh, and that you know that makes a that makes a solid Edmonton festival is one that involves food is a pretty important component. Yeah. yeah, you see it at like the Fringe and at Folk Fest, and you you need food to get people out. Oh, promise absolutely. of food and yeah. to keep them warm. I'm talking with Andrea Payton this morning, it's morning where I am, about a charity that she's founded called We Help. And Andrea, what was the whole reason for for starting this thing up in the first place? Well, it started a family that I know in Manitoba had a little boy with leukemia and they had to travel back and forth to Winnipeg about five hours. And while they were going through his treatment, their house burnt down and it got me thinking, Wow, I mean, these people had to take time off their job. How do how do you pay for everything? So my original goal was to find a family in Edmonton and help them who had a child going through something similar. And then I got thinking, how do you choose which family you're going to support? If you have a list of kids that have all these different illnesses and their families are going through different things, how do you pick just one? So I thought, think bigger instead of choosing one family just to help out the stollery as a whole. So okay, so this goes to support the stollery. Now, are you are you asking people to donate money or what are you asking them to contribute to help out these families? Well, most of my donations to date have been um, baby and children's clothes, strollers, books, toys, furniture, um, have received a few monetary things, hoping to go bigger and get some corporate donations, as well as um, donations for raffles, so gift baskets, gift certificates, actually working on incorporating and getting a charitable license right now, so it should be able to get a raffle license as well. Is is that process terribly complicated? Like, has it been, has it been really long to go through all this to establish WeHelp? Um, it's been a learning process for sure. So I wouldn't say it's been a long process, Getting the word out there is the most difficult part and, you know, building the Facebook page, the website's still in progress, getting posters and creative and all that done is, and getting the word out there, I guess, is the toughest part. So other than, uh, other than a Facebook page and a website, are you planning to do anything to sort of launch We Help when everything's in place? I would love to have a launch party. I think that would be fun, get the word out there, get the stallery involved and get the community involved. And when you when you created when you started thinking about creating this charity, 
did you talk to the stallery first to figure out if it was something they'd be interested in partnering with or, or, or are you just sort of giving them the proceeds of what you receive? I did speak with them and we've been going back and forth by email and once the website's up, I'm going to present all my materials to them and they'll endorse it on their website. They sponsor community events and then if they like what I have, then I'll have permission to use their logo on my stuff as well, which people really, everyone in Edmonton, I think, knows the Stollery logo, so... Yeah, for sure. And if it's helping, uh, if it's helping families and children, then I think that's a great thing. Is there anything else that you want to tell us about We Help that we haven't covered? Just donate. <laughs> and we can find you on Facebook if you look up We Help. That's W E E H E L P, and you'll have a website up soon. Do you know what the URL is going to be? WeHelp.ca. Perfect. Thank you for chatting with me, Andrea. Thank you. <laughs> Do you have a business plan, but you're not sure where to go from there? Do you want to increase sales? Get noticed? Wow your audience? Make your mom proud? Well, we've got you covered. We're connected, we're creative, and we're innovative. We are strategy first. If you've got a great product or service and you want the whole world to take notice, call Focus Communications. Let's start a conversation. Go to focuscom.ca. We should take a moment. Yes. Uh, to thank some very important people. Yeah. At this top of the new year. Yes. We, we should fact, wish them, in fact, a happy new year. So let's do that. Let's okay. wish a happy new year to uh, one of our sponsors, Focus Communications, a local communications and public relations firm uh, fronted by Sue and Dean Human. The amazing humans. The amazing humans. The, yep. They like being human. Uh, so thank you to them. The show specifically, <laughs> as well as just having that last name. That's right. <laughs> so thank you to them for, for the, the support they provide us throughout the year. And, of course, we, we have to thank and wish a Happy New Year to the, the Hogwarts of Digital Arts in Edmonton. And that would be Guru Digital Arts College. Yes, fronted by headmaster uh, Owen Dumbledore Briarly. That's right. He has uh, many Dumbledore-esque qualities. Including a wand that and he waves about. a beard. And a beard. And um, a pointy hat. Yes. I think. I think that might be the extent of it, though. In any case, Guru also supports us, and they support uh, people who want to learn about art and digital art in Edmonton. You can check out their website, gurudigitalarts.com, and you can check out Focus Communications' website at focuscom1m.ca. I'm curious, what is a Byzantine Winter Festival? Okay, so... Byzantine, uh, again, new to this festival, Byzantine is still something I'm completely learning and understanding, but Byzantine is about um, a traditional old Russian New Year. So the old Russian New Year was around this time, middle of um, January every year. Um, and Byzantine is kind of, if you think of real traditional old um, I don't even know the era because my history is not that good, but if you think of uh, a pig on a spit, um, you know, um, what's the, guys on horses and, you know, medieval fighters and, you know, really that kind of, that kind of era, lots of really um, vibrant colors and, you know, uh, delicious food and just the re that sort of sense, that's what the Byzantine era was. So they took that and the fact that we do it in the middle of January each year around that time of the Russian um, old, 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 
New Year um, is how the Byzantine theme came um, to pass. And, and we do have a pig. We will have a pig <laughs> on a spit. We have medieval fighters. So we try and incorporate all those aspects as well. Wow. <laughs> now, this year, however, you're um, a little more contemporary than the mid medieval ages because your theme is the Wild West. That's right. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Cowboys <laughs> and winter, not two things I normally put together in my brain. That was a thought I had as yes. well. Well, every year, um, that that is kind of, you know, just to mix it up a little bit. And also, um, if you come down to the site, you'll see every year they mix up what the site looks like, basically. And um, we, of course, have an ice carving competition. So we have um, wonderful carvers from around Edmonton and around Alberta uh, come down and uh, carve ice. So that's a big component of our festival. Um, so their theme will be um, the Wild West. Also, um, you know, in advance of the festival, we have ice, uh, sorry, snow carvers um, working with the uh, Sculptures Association of Alberta as well as we have two um, international carvers from um, Holland here at the moment uh, carving for us. So if you come down to the site, you'll see they've, they're, they're transforming the you know few blocks of 118th that we shut down into kind of a Western theme. So you'll see these large sculptures of wagons and um, stagecoaches and uh, hay bales around and you know all those, all those things you think of, you know, we, we actually have some cowboys on site, I believe. I, I've heard that there may be some cowboys doing some shootouts on the street during the time. Mm -hmm and things like that. So That's we try awesome. and incorporate it as much as we can. <laughs> so how much of this event actually takes place outdoors? Because I imagine there has to be some indoor stuff as well. Absolutely. I would, I would actually say it's about... 60-40, 60% outside, 40% inside. So it's a great thing that ha can happen regardless of the weather um, and regardless of people's, you know, uh, again, we, we, we joke that, you know, you, if you're an Edmontonian, you should be okay with being outside. But if you don't want to, that's okay. We got lots <laughs> of indoor stuff too. So outside is obviously the street hockey. We've got um, things like curling and we've got uh, skates. The city of Edmonton comes down and rents skates so you can skate on our skating rink. And like I said, the deep freezer races and ice carving, all those great things. But indoors is where lots of our arts uh, um, stuff happens. So we have three, or is it four? I believe we have four art galleries. We have an artisan market, so we have wonderful um, local artists um, coming and selling everything from, from soaps to leather goods to paintings, that sort of thing. And then, of course, we have lots of music and dance and theater performances That's, as well. Sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. Now, this was obviously developed long before the city of Edmonton decided to map out a winter city strategy. Right. Were you guys part of any of that consultation to sort of tell them what needs to happen? Yeah, definitely. It was really great. They invited Christy down to um, participate in that conversation. And I know she um, ha was, you know, really grateful to be part of it. And I think she had some really great feedback on, on you know, how what really works in, in small communities and, and developing that into larger, larger festivals and aspects of the city. Um, something that actually came from that um, is they talked a lot about in the Winter City Strategy, um, developing spaces that are outdoor spaces, but people can be in the outdoors in a warm space, if that kind of makes sense, a, a kind of sheltered from the wind, you know, that sort yeah. of thing, but still outside enjoying the weather. Um, so from that, we got in touch with MADE um, in Edmonton, um, which is the Media Arts Design Edmonton, I think is what their acronym stands for. Um, so we got in touch with them and we were collaborating them with them this year for this really, honestly, it's one of the most th things I'm most excited about it. We're calling it the Thaw Hut Competition. <laughs> so we have six teams competing on this large piece of land that we have that's 
basically just open, and they're going to come in and create these temporary um, shelters, basically, okay. um, that people can come in and wander around and look at um, and using various design skills that these people have. They're architects and designers and interior designers and all these sorts of things, and then they'll be um, uh, judged through, through a series of architects in Edmonton and then, of course, awarded some prizing or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's, I've seen some of the preliminary designs, and it's going to be something Edmonton hasn't seen before. It's going to look very interesting and be a great thing for people to participate in. That's so exciting and gratifying and neat mm -hmm. and unusual. Don't see that as at many festivals. No, uh, yeah. an architectural competition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the works does something close to mm -hmm. it, but mm -hmm. not not quite on this scale. Now, I noticed that um, part of the programming um, is also a fireworks tribute to Don Snyder. That's right. So, yes. can you tell us a little bit about who he is and and why um, Arts on the Ave is doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, Don Snyder was, um, unfortunately, I only got to meet him in passing um, a couple times, uh, just due to various circumstances, um, but he was a great collaborator and supporter of Arts on the Ave and both of the festivals, Deep Freeze as well as Kaleido, and uh, many people in Edmonton will know his name. He was uh, very much part of uh, Folk Fest. That's where most people will know his name from. He was uh, kind of the, uh, a mastermind behind many aspects of Folk Fest, and most volunteers uh, would know him for sure. He had a lot to do with site setup and, and working with the volunteers there. So um, he came on board with um, Arts on the Ave in both of our festivals um, in a number of different ways. With Deep Freeze, um, he uh, helped with our Deep Freezer races last year, and then also he's been uh, very much a part of the fireworks display that we have Aww. each year. So um, unfortunately, uh, yeah, he passed away, I think it's about two months ago now, a month and a half ago. Um, and so, you know, he was such a part of the, the Arts on the Ave family and the neighborhood that we were like, well, we have to do something for him. And since the fireworks were so near and dear to his heart, um, uh, and the company that, that does it for us knew him very well as well. So we called them up and he said, we said, you know, we want to do this and we want to do something special for Don. And they're like, absolutely. It's going to be, it's going to be a great fireworks display. So that's our little, little, you know, moment to think about Don and the, the things he brought to our festival and the great, uh, team he would always bring every year. And that, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's really great. Now, just wanted to go back to the, because we've talked about it a few times, the deep freeze races. Yes. You have to sign up on the web to participate? You can't do it the day of kind of thing? You can do it the day of. Um, if possible, we prefer for people to sign up in advance just so we can kind of schedule things a little bit. It always makes things a little bit less chaotic at the, the moment of and the day of. Um, but certainly they're happening both on the Saturday and the Sunday from 1232 I believe it's 2.30. Um, it's in our program and it's on our website. Um, and so definitely people can come down. They'll have to sign a waiver if they come down right at the moment of. Um, and also they have to bring their own helmets. Um, so bring your own helmets. Bring a team of five, three in the in the deep freezer race and two pushing. And uh, certainly we can fit people in on, on the moment of and the day of. And you guys will have extra deep freezes for this? Well, we only have two. Okay. Um, so we take turns racing and then, you right. know, they, they, they go from there. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds all, amazing. They're all... You know, souped up and on their skis and swift and ready to go. <laughs> and as, sorry, go ahead, Scott. Oh, no. I was just going to make some snide comment. <laughs> no, I think you should. Unimportant. I think you should. Uh, um, I was just going to say it sounds like the, uh, like the deep freeze races really are one of the highlights of the festival. People love them. I think it's because it's so different and kind of weird and like, you know, who's it's ever. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It really is. Who's raced the deep freezer across a field before? <laughs> <laughs> Someone has because this is not the first year. Exactly. It's yes. a good thing you guys do it on flat ground because just imagining one of these things careening down a hill would be <laughs> yes. like 
disastrous. That's why you bring a helmet. That is exactly, why. Exactly, yeah. yes. Safety first. And sign a waiver. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as far as attendance goes this year, are you guys expecting around the same number of people, or do you think it'll be bigger? We're hope. Well, I mean, we're always hoping for a little bit bigger. I mean, if it's, you know some crazy number then I, I don't know we'll, we'll make it work obviously but uh, you know last year we had 20,000 that was that was wonderful so we're expecting you know more like 30,000 every year I mean we, we go with what Kaleido does as well and every year Kaleido uh, increases and this year we've seen all the festivals actually in Edmonton increase in in capacity so we anticipate and I think every year you know more more and more Edmontonians know about what we're doing and aren't quite as scared of coming out to a winter festival <laughs> um, so I think we're hoping for to have more people this year and we're we're ready for them and we've expanded our festival in order to accommodate them so like we've increased our hockey capacity and it done more hours of deep freezer race and stuff like that so we're ready for for Edmonton <laughs> so for people who want to come down what are the best ways for them to do that because I imagine you don't want all the residential streets clogged with vehicles yeah for sure we always encourage I mean one thing about um Arts on the Ave is we're, we're local and we, we support local and we support, uh, we are very careful of the environment. We try and take care of that. So we always encourage people to use ETS. You use, um, use the LRT not far away down just at Northlands. Our buddies down at Northlands have, of course, a station right there. And it's just hop on a, a short bus down down to about to 93rd Ave is where, or Street. 93rd Street is about where the... We're closed from 90th, 90th Street to 94th Street oh, wow. on 118th Ave, so about four blocks. So yeah, it's just a short, short bus ride from the LRT, and there's lots of obviously direct and you know short bus rides from other places in the city. If people do want to drive, that's no problem. Um, there is residential areas to park, but it's obviously going to get clogged up. So yeah. be prepared for that. <laughs> do the do residents of, of the of the neighborhoods get frustrated with that, or are they usually pretty cool with it? They're really great. They under they know that this has brought so much vibrancy to the neighborhood. Um, it's brought great business to the neighborhood. You know, the businesses in the community are really supportive of the festivals. Um, you know that that happen um, because you know it brings down new 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 people to the to the area they see the great capacity and the change that's happened in the neighborhood um, and it really just brings a positive atmosphere um, to the neighborhood so they're they're really great supporters and we have amazing volunteers that you know from the neighborhood that's great and that was gonna be my next question is obviously this is something that requires a large amount of volunteers mm -hmm. to run so are you still looking for some for the festival we are actually yeah um, we're doing pretty good I mean we're not we're not in a, in a crisis situation but we are definitely still looking for volunteers we have everything for from, and we can accommodate, yeah, pretty much anyone in their interests. So, you know, for those people who aren't interested in the outdoors, they can help out with serving the food from the kitchen or selling the merch that we have or um, some other things that are, you know, off can't think of off the top of my head but if they're good with outdoors then there's always things like fire monitors so we have lots of fires around the around the site so making sure nobody is wants to touch the fire because sometimes <laughs> people get really excited and want to touch it uh or you know monitoring the skating rink just to make sure nobody's you know injured or injured anything or like you know all those all those sorts of things so we get tons of things depending on people's interest um and time commitment that they can offer cool so on your on your guys's website you there's an application form to sign up that's right yeah people nice can go simple. to yeah, and people can go to deepfreezefest.ca. That's right. And everything you need to know is there. Yeah, it's a pretty good website. <laughs> And uh, what's the, is there a deadline to sign up? No, um, even on the day of, if people show up, um, they can drop into our volunteer center. And if they're like, you know, that actually happened at Kaleido this year as people were just around site and they're like, I don't want to go home and this is so great. And can I help you with anything? And so it's so uh. great, you know. Um, so if people are around site or if they realize that work changes or, or you know, whatever, then they're free to come down. And, and we can accommodate um, families. Uh, we can accommodate, um, you know, anyone 14 and older. If you're, un, if you're like, 
I think if you're 10 and over, we can do that as long as you have a parent with you. Groups, you know, we can we can accommodate anyone and everyone's capacities. So cool. Right on. Are you looking for current, relevant, highly specialized digital media instruction? You need to seek out The Guru. Guru Digital Arts College offers intense six-month programs that simulate real-world projects. You'll work in small classes in a casual professional environment and meet industry pros who offer a mentor-style approach to learning. Some institutions make the same claim, but with Guru, you'll develop the confidence to get out and become a part of the digital media community. Come visit us anytime. Check out a class, talk with our instructors, and be part of the Guru experience. For more information, email info at gurudigitalarts.com or call 1-877-429-4878. And now, a dramatic reading with Scott C. Bourgeois. And now a synopsis of the first ten volumes of Sweet Valley High. Number one, Double Life. Elizabeth and Jessica Wakefield are identical twins at Sweet Valley High. They're both popular, smart, and gorgeous, but that is where the similarity ends. Elizabeth is friendly, outgoing, and sincere, nothing like her twin. Snobbish and conniving, Jessica thinks the whole world revolves around her. Trouble is, most of the time, it does. Jessica always gets what she wants, at school, with friends, and especially with boys. This time, Jessica has set her sights on Todd Wilkins, the handsome star of the basketball team, the one boy Elizabeth really likes. Now it's a game of double love, with Todd as first prize. Elizabeth doesn't want to lose him, but what Jessica wants, Jessica usually gets, even if it ends up hurting her sister. Meet the Wakefield twins, their guys, and the rest of the gang at Sweet Valley High. Number two, Secrets. Beautiful and ruthless, Jessica Wakefield is determined to be chosen queen of the fall dance at Sweet Valley High. If she can win the contest, she's sure to win Bruce Patman, the most sought-after boy in school. The only person standing in Jessica's way is Enid Rollins. When Jessica discovers the truth about Enid's past, she knows the crown is within her grasp. She doesn't care that Enid is her twin sister Elizabeth's best friend, or that revealing the secret may cost Enid both her reputation and the boy she loves. Only Elizabeth can save Enid from Jessica's vicious gossip, but can she stop her scheming twin in time? Number three, playing with fire. Watch out, Sweet Valley High. Once again, Jessica Wakefield has gotten her way, fresh from her greatest social triumph. Jessica proceeds to sink her hooks into rich, handsome Bruce Patman, the most eligible sought-after guy at SVH. Or has Bruce gotten his hooks? into Jessica. Elizabeth, Jessica's twin, notices a big change in her sister. Suddenly, Jessica's following Bruce everywhere and dropping everything just to spend time with him. Elizabeth doesn't trust Bruce one bit. He's arrogant, demanding, and way too fast. Jessica can usually hold her own with any guy, but this time, Elizabeth's afraid her sister may be going too far. Number four, power play. Chubby Robin Wilson has been following Jessica around for months. First, she wanted to be her friend. Now she wants to join Pi Beta Alpha, Sweet Valley High's snobby sorority. 
When Elizabeth, Jessica's twin, nominates Robin for the sorority, Jessica is furious. Robin may be friendly and smart, but she's certainly not beautiful or popular enough to be in Pi Beta. Jessica's determined to find a way to keep Robin out. But Elizabeth is just as determined to make Robin a sorority sister. Soon, the twins are locked in a struggle that develops into the biggest power play at Sweet Valley High. Number 5. All Night Long Elizabeth Wakefield knows her beautiful twin can handle almost any guy. Most boys are just no match for Jessica's seductive charms. But Scott Daniels, Jessica's latest love, is more of a man than a boy, much older and much more experienced than anyone Jessica's ever dated. When Jessica sneaks off to a college beach party with Scott, Elizabeth's afraid of what might happen. And when her twin isn't back by morning, Elizabeth's fear turns to alarm. Where is Jessica? Why has she stayed out all night long? Number six, dangerous love. One of the strictest rules in the Wakefield house is no motorcycles. Ever since their cousin was killed in a crash, Elizabeth and Jessica have been forbidden to go near them. So when Elizabeth's boyfriend Todd drives up on a shiny new Yamaha, she knows there's trouble ahead. She can't ride Todd's bike, but other girls can and do. And the sight of those girls riding with their arms around Todd is making Elizabeth crazy with jealousy. Todd tells her not to worry, but Elizabeth's scared of losing him. Will Todd's new bike drive them apart? Number 7. Dear Sister Sweet Valley is stunned by the news. Beautiful young Elizabeth Wakefield lies in a coma on the brink of death after a horrible motorcycle accident. Elizabeth's boyfriend Todd is consumed by guilt. He was driving and escaped unharmed. He feels totally helpless. All he can do is wait for a change in Elizabeth's condition. A change that might mean the loss of the only girl he's ever loved. But no one is more shattered than Elizabeth's twin Jessica. As she keeps watch over the silent body of her sister, she's overwhelmed with despair. Without Elizabeth, can life go on? Number 8. Heartbreaker. The surf's up in Sweet Valley and gorgeous Jessica Wakefield is making a big splash with Bill Chase, the hottest surfer in town. But after she tricks him into falling madly in love with her, she ignores him completely. To complicate matters, shy, quiet Dee Dee Gordon is also after Bill, but Jessica has the upper hand. If Bill even looks at Dee Dee, Hurricane Jessica blows him off his board and back into her arms. Can Bill escape Jessica's undertow, or is he in over his head? Number 9. Racing Hearts Roger Barrett has always had a hopeless crush on glamorous, wealthy Leela Fowler. The only attention Leela ever pays to him, though, is to make fun of him in front of her friends. But why shouldn't she, he thinks. After all, he's clumsy and shy and works secretly as a janitor after school. When Roger wins the qualifying heat for a big race, he becomes a school celebrity overnight. And to his surprise, even Leela starts to chase after him. But Roger knows if he runs in the race finals, he'll lose his job. Will Leela still notice him when he's no longer a star? Number 10. Wrong Kind of Girl Jessica Wakefield has sworn never to allow Annie Whitman into the Sweet Valley High cheering squad. Annie may have the beauty, talent, and spirit to be a cheerleader, but she also has the worst reputation in school. She goes out with a different boy every night, and all the kids call her Easy Annie behind her back. Jessica's pulling every devilish trick to keep Annie from ruining the cheerleader's image. Only Elizabeth, Jessica's twin, knows what Annie is really like. But can she change her sister's mind before Jessica shatters Annie's dreams?
my last question is around how the festival gets funded. Mm. Do you guys, is it, does it come from arts, the Edmonton Arts Council or a few different sources? Mm -hmm. And is there ways that patrons of the festival can can donate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so as I mentioned, yeah, it's a free festival, so um, we're really lucky. We, of course, um, rely on the um, various funders, um, such as the Edmonton Arts Council um, and other uh, granting agencies. Uh, we also have a lot of great partners in the city, which I don't even want to uh, name some of our sponsors, because I know I'll forget of half of them. Um, you know, you can find it on our website, our program, and our posters, all the numerous partners that we have in the city, everyone from media sponsors, uh, Sponsors to um, great corporations and businesses that supply us with goods and services and money to help help, help make this festival run. Um, but we do again, the festival's free, but we do um, appreciate the generosity of the people who come down. So there'll be lots of donation bins around around the festival, and uh, we appreciate people if you can drop in a five five bucks or a buck or or fifty bucks. That would also be great. <laughs> uh, and we'll also have a fifty fifty draw. At oh, the cool. festival as well, so um, that's another way to to maybe maybe win some money yourself, but support to support the festival as well. Have you guys done fifty fifties before? We haven't actually. Ooh. So uh, last year, I believe they did a small prize draw, like a like a gift basket type thing. But you know, everybody likes you know putting their putting their chances in and seeing if they get some money back themselves. Oh so yeah, and it's, are fun. it's a good way to raise a little bit of money for the festival exactly. for sure. Yeah. And uh, that's how you help a festival uh, remain awesome. Is exactly. uh, you donate a little bit or a lot or a lot. Yep. Because they're giving it to you for free. That's right. <laughs> you can you can show them your support. So and, and uh, sorry, I should also mention one thing because I'm really excited about is we have some pretty cool merch this year. Oh really? That will help us if you come down, stop at the merch table, check it out. You might want to buy some, and it'll also help the festival. And I'm I'm super excited about it. And yet, beyond that tantalizing tease, not a hint of what it might actually be. Ooh, <laughs> That's because no, you got to come down and I, check it out. It's really I I'm I'm already coveting some of it myself. Really? So. <laughs> well, I'm in favor of merch, so that's great. Um, I do actually have another question because okay. it just sort of struck me. Is you guys also give away awards for things like uh, the deep freeze the deep freeze races? Someone wins that. So, what's involved in some of the awards for the competitions that take place? Um, the major awards that we have are for the Thaw Hut competition and the ice competition. Um, the deep freezer race one and the hockey ones um, are a little bit. Well, not that much smaller, actually. We have, um, with the hockey, for example, the top, um, I think it's top one or two teams, um, thanks to our sponsors, uh, Brujos will get, like, a, a steak dinner or something. Oh, nice. Team, so not, not so bad for, for that It's a pretty good one. prize. It's not a bad, you know, steak dinner, not too, so bad. <laughs> um, so, and then the money that um, we fund um, for the ice competition is just uh, the funds from Deep Freeze. We, we put up that money to, to thank the ice carvers for their time and the amazing skill they bring in. And, uh, and cool. for the Thaw Hut, we're obviously working with Maid to, to provide the, the money for those guys for, for the work that they're doing as well. That's which, awesome. Again, should be awesome. So it takes place, uh, the time you're hearing this, next weekend, which is January 12th? 12th and 13th, yes, right. January 12th and 13th, and we start at on Saturday at noon, um, and we run until um, 8 o'clock, and then there's also um, a party that happens between 7 and 11 p.m. Um, that's the only ticketed thing I should say. There is, so um, if people want to participate in that, it's kind of like a little bit of a fundraiser, so if people want to come to that party, there's music and food and stuff like that. Cool. Um, and then, again, on Sunday, it's from about noon until about 6 o'clock. So for those of you who are a few episodes behind, and are listening to this in April or June, uh, if you go, you will find a big puddle of water in a field, and that'll be all that is left of the Winterfest. Or just me pinned beneath a deep freeze. That's also possible. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it sounds great, um, Cadence, and, and really, really looking forward to, uh, to checking it out. 
Thank now, you. Yeah. Now that we've been through all that, we're on to the next thing, which is my favorite thing. It is? Yeah. Your favorite thing? One of my favorite Your things. very favorite thing? One of a few of my favorite things. Because I know a few things that you like. Raindrops on roses and whiskers uh, on kittens. Those are amongst the things that you enjoy, <laughs> yes. Not exactly the lyric of the song, but no. we'll do. Well, yeah. But we're actually talking about the Fast 15. That's right. And Cadence, you are familiar with the Fast 15 because you've listened to a few I shows. I can't remember exactly the questions and everything like that, but we'll... Good. <laughs> so Good, I'm a bit cause... nervous because I was like trying to remember. I was like, oh gosh, I should... Re-. But it's, well, we, it's going to be a surprise. We do want your answers to be spontaneous. Okay. So the, the way this works is we ask you 15 questions, the first 13 of which are, are questions that we ask of all of our guests. Mm-hmm. And the last two are wildcard questions tailored to you. Um, so we're going to kick it off with question number one. What is your favorite food? Pierogies. What is your favorite color? Black. Mac, PC, or Linux? Oh, Mac for sure. Of course. Uh, dogs or cats? Oh. Dog, because I currently have one. That's fair. Uh, coffee or tea? Tea. Your favorite holiday? Oh, goodness. Um, uh, uh, Oh, gosh, this is really hard. Um, <laughs> anything where you get a day off. <laughs> so all of them. All of them. <laughs> that great. is a fair answer. That is, totally. Uh, your favorite sport? Football, NFL. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Not CFL? Not NFL. Right Did someone just last episode specify CFL football? Oh, yeah, yeah. So no, I'm heading go. home to check, check out the Green Bay-Minnesota game next. Go Packers. Oh, God, that'll be awesome. <laughs> um, your favorite pastime? Um... Oh, that's a good one. Oh, gosh. God, these are like, I'm kind of stressed out. The rest of the interview was like easy, and I'm like stressed out. Favorite pastime? Um, playing games with my family. Board cool, games. like board games? Yeah. Right on. Uh, your favorite m- uh, music right now? Uh, like a specific band? Sure, or genre, or whatever. Um, I really love Christian Hansen. Local oh, okay. boy, you know, great great guy. Yeah. His stuff. I follow him on Twitter. He's a delight. <laughs> I do not. Oh. But oh, I presume out. he is also a delight. He is. He is. Yeah. Uh, what about your favorite movie right now? I'm actually not a big movie buff. The last oh. thing I saw was, and I really enjoyed, was Argo. Oh, I haven't seen that one Really either. good, yeah. Nor have I. But mm, there was Oscar buzz about it, and I kind of regret not having seen it. Mm. Yeah. I recommend it. Yeah, it was, it was good. Probably in the dollar theaters. <laughs> yeah, probably. I have at least one of those dollars. Where to go? <laughs> to spend. Uh, what about a favorite video game? Oh, I'm not a video gamer. I'm uh, Mario Kart. <laughs> oh, right on. No, that's a great answer. That's, that's Agreed. Fantastic game. Now, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? To stop time. Ooh, that's a good one. I don't think we've ever had that one before. I don't think we have either. Mm. Well done, Cadence. Thank you. I'd give you a little more time in the day. The last yeah. of these standard questions, Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh-oh. Is that's it... punishable by something. Really? Just because I'm a nut when it comes to Star Trek. Oh, but Star Wars. Yeah. That, no, that's, that's fair. <laughs> okay. At least I know them. Yeah, that's true. That's, <laughs> some people are just like, I've never seen either of those. Yeah. And they're just like, really? And so you've missed out on pop culture? Everything. <laughs> so good for you. And now we're on to our wild card questions. The first one, other than deep freeze, what's your favorite winter activity in Edmonton? Um... 
I'm going to say walking around the ledge uh, grounds during during when the, all the all the all the lights are up oh, at any amazing. time. Yeah, it's just a really beautiful time, and yeah, cool. And your last wild card question: If you weren't working in the arts, mm. what do you think you'd be doing? I would I would probably be a librarian. I think. <laughs> really? I I I was a librarian for a little while. Um, you know, when I was figuring out life. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I really enjoyed it. It's I really enjoyed that aspect. So it, it would be hard to pull me away from the arts. I love the arts and I love the arts community in Edmonton, but uh, that might be my second career. But she would fall back on books. Yeah. Books are like the arts. Technically, they are the arts. Are. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In some way. In any case, thank you so much for coming down thank and talking with much. us about Deep Freeze and best of luck with the festival. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Right on. Cool. You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, episode 79. Our guest, Cadence Konopaki, reproduction by Adam Rosenhart, post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. The Unknown Studio is a proud member of the League of Extraordinary Media. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Oh, snap. You can hear me as well. I can. Excellent. It is going to be superior. I'm now going to noisily eat into the microphone. That's cool. (laughs) You were not exaggerating. Unbelievable, Scott. I can see that Christmas did nothing for your manners. Nope. If anything, it actually made them worse.